This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, Episode 72. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, the very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Special thanks to my Locked On partners for sponsoring this episode, and for the first 18 months, I edited and produced the show myself, which was interesting to learn about recording software and production, but I'd rather be interviewing guests and creating awesome content for you. So now I'm outsourcing production and distribution, which gives me more time to source interviews with top agents to help you win more listings and make more sales. And speaking of Locked On, the much-anticipated version 2 is scheduled for release very soon, so watch this space, or should I say, listen to this space. Next month, which is February 2017, I've been invited to speak at PodFest in Orlando, Florida. PodFest is an up-and-coming event for podcasters and companies in the podcasting space, and you can find out more at podfest.us. And if you're into podcasting or thinking about launching your own show, I've got a very good discount pass to join me in, in Orlando on February 23, 24, and 25. You'll find the link and promo code in the show notes for this episode. Well, there's a lot worse things to do than hang out with Emmy Thies, even if it's only a Skype call. Emmy doesn't do things by halves, except her glass-half-full approach to everything. But underneath that positive and bright personality is a dedicated and very passionate real estate professional who's ready to share her success strategies and pay back a wealth of industry knowledge that's helped her build a pretty amazing career. She's won a number of real estate awards and everybody's watching to see what she'll do next. Right now, Emmy and husband Ty are the owner principals at Coronas Toowoomba in Queensland's Darling Downs. And I've featured interviews with Coronas team members before, including Patrick McKinnon and founding managing director, Andrew Coronas. The Coronas business model is an impressive and growing brand in Queensland's southeast and attracting plenty of top talent like Patrick, Emmy and Ty. And make sure you listen for Emmy's best listing tip ideas, and I'm particularly interested in the way she uses her business to indulge her passion for travel and adventure. We get a little excited during this interview, so you'll hear some colourful Australian lingo. So a quick warning if there are little ears in the back seat. Okay, let's do it. Well, Emmy Thies, welcome back to Top Agents Playbook. How are you doing? Hey, Ray. Thanks for having me. Really good. Thanks. It was about a year since we spoke and in our last um, in our last uh, session, which was I'm pretty sure it was number I think it was number 36. So uh, we're scheduled for 72. So it was the halfway mark. So uh, thank you for being part of that. It was it was quite exciting. But it was uh, we were in the middle of a big snowstorm back then. This this January is not too bad. How's things in Toowoomba? Nice and hot and sunny. Lovely. It's a baking summer. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Perfect. I wanted to I wanted to check in with you, get an update, find out what's going on. You've been growing your business and growing your team. You've got an office with the Coronas Group in Toowoomba, Queensland, for those of you not familiar with Australia. Uh, and let me just sit, set this up. Emmy and husband Ty uh, run the business. Tell me what's going on. Well, lots has changed since we spoke to you last. We've had, um, yeah, a really exciting year. It's been full on with changes and implementing and meetings, 350-plus um, new team members across the Cronus family, right. um, which has been awesome. And uh, from the business point of view, um, we're at just over 8,000 managements on track to get to 10,000 across the 22 offices, which wow. is awesome. Wow. 
Yeah, so it's always growing lots of opportunity in the business for people moving up the ranks who um, show the right qualities and want to be there. So that's been awesome. Um, personally, a lot of travel last year, which was really good. I noticed that. Um, I noticed that. <laughs> I think you spent more time away than at work, didn't you? I have to be careful. I'm glad you brought that up because I had one of my close mates who actually used to work in our real estate business in Toowoomba, lives on the Gold Coast now, say to me, um, perception is reality. And <laughs> I'm the biggest preacher of that. He said, the only time you post really stuff is when you're overseas and you go overseas, you know, five or six times a year. Um, so it looks like you're always on holidays. Yeah. I said, that's why I have two pages, personal and work. And he goes, you know, that's not the truth. Everyone looks <laughs> at your personal page. <laughs> Well, we we are lucky in real estate that if we if we get it right, it does afford us this pretty awesome lifestyle. We don't, you know, we're not the typical we're not the typical person in business or employee, I guess, where you only get your four weeks off a year. You can really create an amazing lifestyle, and and you guys are doing that very very well. Obviously, you work hard and you play hard, and that's probably all part of it, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a perfect summary. It's all about burst work and I know it's a common term but um, you can create, I guess, regular gaps and they're not massive breaks. Like I'll be honest, I don't go away for two or three weeks at a time. Um, I want to get to that stage where I do lots of mini breaks. So it might be five to ten days regularly, yep. Yep. Um, which is really good for a refresh and just I guess you reevaluate things and you've got something to chase. It's like the, you know, the classic thing. You need something to look up to. You need something to look forward to and um, you need to have belief in something. So you're always chasing things and um, you don't want to chase your tail. Like I was listening to the famous Tom Panos and I love his rawness because I'm a bit of a swearer. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, he he's ran and he just said the basics. Like, you know, I was listening to him say about having choices, the luxury and, and time. And I thought that really resonates with me because I am really selective in what I want to do, but I'm really happy. Like I'm happy-go-lucky sort of person. So you can chase your tail forever. And, you know, I'm not driving a Ferrari. I have some nice assets and some cool cars and toys and stuff, but certainly not at that level. Um, but it just depends on, you know, what makes you happy. What's that real fulfillment? So, yeah. Well, I, I know a lot of people um, follow you and follow your success and you do inspire a lot of a lot of real estate people right around the country in New Zealand and, and probably through the show uh, everywhere else as well. I had some terrific feedback from our, our last interview. Um, so tell me, Thanks, wh- <laughs> where is your favourite place to go and, and what's, a good, what, what's a good break? How, how long do you go away for before you start to get a little bit twitchy and, and, and want to head back? <laughs> Oh, my gosh, because I'm a travel fiend. I feel like I just set targets so I can spend them on travel. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I miss my business and I miss my clients, and I'm not going to lie. To create that kind of regular travel and and have sort of four months a year broken up realistically and leave, like three is probably good, four is like pushing it. Um, you, You still need to be prepared to communicate with them and have really good support around you. So even if you're in an office where you don't you don't have a PA but you've got a tag team with someone else, I'm very generous so I'm really happy for people to sell my properties while I'm away right. and who I align with when I go on a break. I make sure my clients know them. You know, I show them a photo if they haven't met them. I talk to them about what kind of people they are um, and just build some rapport so they're always very at ease when I'm on leave. So it's not, uh, it's not anxious for them yeah. and I really sort of during campaigns, I wouldn't really go away for more than seven to nine days, including travel. Okay. That's why I do a lot of um, Asia. I haven't like done Europe, but it's 
over Christmas where you can get an actual break because I'm yeah. not in a holiday market. Um, so, yeah, I just make sure that, you know, I'm really happy to um, share my professional fee if I'm not working with a selling um, buy manager at the time, depending on what my schedule is and what my team looks like um, to be able to look after the clients. And that happened my last break. I was away for um, 20 days, which I was pushing over Christmas, but I framed it up well and I did a massive clearance before because um, our market is similar to the um, school loan kind of markets where it starts to slow down yeah, in for sure. December and then it starts to reactivate. Um, that's, you know, 10th to 15th of January. So you really frame it up with clients around what that looks like, what inquiries are like. And I still sent emails while I was away. I made the occasional call. Um, it was really hard because they box and and Google, so I used a lot of my own data there. It's a fascinating place. Um, I just, that, so yeah, you just that creative. Just, that just cut out. What did you say was really hard? Um, in China recently, um, I don't know, probably a lot of people that travel there regularly know, but I wasn't aware until I arrived there. Um, they actually block Google and Dropbox and oh, Facebook. And, okay. Yeah, it's all blocked. <laughs> okay. So that's why... I had yeah, heard that, but I, I didn't... I, I thought that was just for locals, not for visitors. Well, as long as you use your own um, data with your own link, you can access it all, which yep. I did. Yep. Um, but as soon as you jump onto Wi-Fi, it was, yeah, you, you couldn't access it. was blocked. So okay. I found that, yeah, culturally really fascinating, um, amazing place and yeah. hugely yeah. populated. They were but, awesome, um, they were awesome yeah. photos and I followed the trip. It was just uh, fun watching what you guys got up to. So It's very worthwhile visiting, there, yeah, actually. A lot yeah. of people probably wouldn't put it on their list. I want to get to um, Jerusalem and Africa okay. um, as well. They're two places I think would be fascinating. I'd love to do one of those tented safaris in Africa, you know, where mm. they bring up the G&T at 6 p.m. something and you watch the sun go down. <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome? Yep, it, it is awesome. <laughs> Just a little investment, but totally worth it. Yeah, yeah, it's not cheap. Uh, have you been to India? Yes, I did yeah. India um, just recently, actually. We okay. were there for two weeks, That's just right. did the Golden Triangle. That's right. That was a real awareness trip for me um, from, I guess, a mindset and a refocus. I always live with the space of gratitude. I think that's like my favourite. Two, my two favourite words in life are um, authentic and gratitude. Nice. I think that summarizes like my belief system as a yeah. as a person. Yeah, two great words to live by. Um, speaking of India, uh, my business partner Luke Newton and and his brand new wife Natalie just went on a gorgeous honeymoon to the Maldives, which I've never been to. Have you been there? I no, I've been to Bora Bora, which okay. is awesome. Yep. I just didn't make the extra time to go to Maldives. It's a big trip, but it's totally worth it. Looks yeah. amazing. Do and they love it? But they they absolutely adored it. It was gorgeous. And and Bora Bora is where you stay in the in the huts right over or the huts or the 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 bureaus over, water or the, over bungalows. The water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a really random trip there at the start of last year. It was it was like twenty four hours notice. Yeah. I wanted to get over to Japan because I'm really fascinated by Tokyo. Uh-huh. Um, I've been there before, and um, I think as as people I call them not in a derogatory way, but I call them the super race because of how they. They live their courtesy and um, their cleanliness and their manners and just, um, yeah, who they are as human beings. They're yep. an incredible country. Yeah. Anyway, I wanted to go there and I couldn't get into Niseko, which is a really cool place. We like to go snowboarding. Worth yep. a visit for any Aussie. It's like Aussie, Aussie town in Japan. Um, so I went, where else can I go? And I looked to the other side and, um, yeah, I was like, let's just go to Bora Bora. 
But by chance, we got this room at St Regis, which um, I don't know, apparently people say it's hard to get into, but it was super random. We just sort of pop up, booked it. And we met this man there called um, Jason Matiz, I think his name is. He's one of the co-founders of Tinder. He's just chilling out on the beach there. American, um, crazy, really sort of loud, fun, outgoing guy. Anyway, I was looking at him like, Ty, who is this guy? He's really fascinating. And Ty's like one of those people that, you know, reads the news, knows everything, like heaps of up-to-date information where I'm like, don't even look at the news. I'm the opposite. And he's like, oh, that's Jason, blah, blah. Anyway, I started Googling. I was like, oh, my gosh. With Coronas, they said, you know, after one of our training meetings, you need to go and meet someone influential. And my kind of last go-to person was Clyde Burkhofer, who's a major developer and philanthropist in southeast Queensland. He's donates 90000 a week and lives in Toowoomba. Right. Really humble guy, kind of like the Warren Buffett of T-Bar legend. Right. Yep. So I'm thinking, who's my next person? It was Jason. So the holiday paid for itself. (laughs) There you go. That's pretty cool. Um, And last travel question. If you had 10 days, uh, where would you go? Just like a one-off opportunity? Okay, so like tropical or adventure or snow? Up to you. So definitely. So snow would be um, the powder in Naseko, the village there. I'd get over there because it's only, I think it's only like a 13-hour flight to Japan. Yeah. Um, if it was Tropicana, I'd definitely go back to um, Bora Bora or somewhere really affordable that I go regularly. I, I popped over six times last year there. Well, not in one year, sorry, in three years, three times last year. Cheap as chips, barley, yep. stained Seminyak right. or Legion. Yep. Really chilled, really upmarket, super affordable, really good refresh. You can switch off. Yeah, um, And Or if you want to be in Australia, I would go to Whitsundays. Been there a couple of times. Yeah. Um, yeah. For adventure, I would do Vietnam. I oh, loved really? Vietnam. Okay. Super adventure, really thrilling. You know, you can go on the motorbike tours, you can ride bikes, whatever. But um, beautiful people and amazing food. So wow. uh, for a quick, because we're in Australia, so we're so far away. So yep. it's you know to get somewhere, unless you're prepared to do like good old New York's good, but it's a bit of a flight. Mm. Um, if you can have three or four days there, like I've been able to acquire some really good investment stuff like. Um, diamond pieces and things from like Barclays on Fifth Avenue and a few places there that have stuff you can buy really well priced yep. um, that when you come back to Australia, you're actually excited by the valuation, not depressed that you've been ripped off. You've yeah. just got to be smart about where you buy. So, And it's really romantic as well. Um, Fantastic. Well, yeah, that's, the, that's the Ray and Emmy travel travel section of the of the podcast so it's pretty interesting actually I'm, uh, christine and i are crazy about traveling we love to get away whenever we can and one of the things that we do and you can do here in north america is they have uh what they called inclusive holidays so we've been oh down, mexico yeah mexico, mexico awesome and, yes and the caribbean and we've been caribbean, to yes i've been there and we've been to cuba quite a few times and oh, that's on my for, list what's it like oh i've got a terrific place to go i'll, I'll actually i'm gonna I'll, I'll put the destination in the show notes so it's a gorgeous little yeah. island off the mainland but it's uh you can fly straight in from toronto it's only about three or four hours or something uh oh, wow. and it's a terrific place to go but the good thing about it, Emmy, is the deals, and the deals are crazy. So uh, let me just tell you that the Canadian dollar is about the same as the Australian dollar, one for one. So when we're talking okay. money, you know what I'm talking about. That's good. So yeah. for for you can go to Mexico. You can get a pretty good holiday for Mexico return. Uh, return, and when I say return, it's flights, it's all food, it's all booze and accommodation for six or seven hundred bucks, sometimes yep. cheaper, which is crazy. It is awesome, and, Mexico. I and 
the yeah the include the all inclusives to Cuba and stuff are just outrageous. Some of the best beaches in the Caribbean, they're gorgeous beaches. They they remind really? me of like some of the Asian be- beaches um, that I've seen in the Philippines and, and Thailand. And they and that's a holiday for twelve or fifteen hundred bucks um, for ten days, uh, two weeks. It's just the deals are amazing because it's so competitive. So I'm going to put a little bit of that in the show notes. People can check it out. So you want to, if you're coming to, if you're coming to North America, you can do a holiday here. Like a lot of people come to San Francisco and then they go to go to Vegas or to Dallas, Texas, or to New York or whatever. But you can do, you can have a quick escape. We had to go through Dallas to Mexico. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, you can that's fly. Awesome. I think Qantas flies straight to Dallas, Fort Worth from Sydney. So that's a terrific holiday as well. Excellent. Ooh, so, yay. Yes. Refresh agents and, and BDMs and everyone get a, get on that because the more holidays you book, if that's your thing, or it might be adventure or I don't know, um, all that kind of stuff, it, it just re-motivates you. Like when you've been in the hustle for a while, you, you tend to lose sight of what you're really going after. So sure. a little refresh can flip it. It's well, awesome. Well, this is turning into a little bit of a lifestyle episode, but why not? Because <laughs> if you're organized in your business and things are humming and you said something before that I thought was interesting you're quite generous and that tells me that you are not skimping on abundance mindset there you go on your talent and your team and you're giving them what they deserve and when you when you do that that kind of puts a really strong responsibility on them as well to to I nearly said do great things yeah absolutely like create a raving fan because it's going to be part of their business it's part of their circle then yep Excellent. So I'm going to put some show notes in there. So that is inspirational stuff. Talk to me about what's happened in the last year in marketing. What are you doing that's different? Uh, what are you doing that stands out? What are you doing that works? So I don't want to use the word basics or essentials, but there's been a couple of old nuts we've gone back to. I hadn't done handwritten cards for I think about five years. Oh, we've okay. done that. Yep. Really, I know that sounds crazy basic. Um, so we've we've done that for expireds and withdrawns, which is awesome. So people that had withdrawn their property from market and been with someone else or an expired, just as a check-in, like we've worked with a qualified buyer and said, you know, um, hey, are you still thinking of moving the property or have you taken off the market? And responsiveness of that has been about 20%, which is pretty good. Um, just as a different strategy, lots of warm calls, so communication from people um, that we've met at open homes, people that have made offers and not been successful, um, people that have been online inquiries because we've done a big recruitment drive. We had 65 applications, met with 20 people in the last um, 10 days and have had um, five people that are looking at coming on board um, with trials and um, you know a bit more interest in coming into sales, sales support. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's been really exciting to meet um, some new talent because we had only recruited really a few people in the last nine months where normally we'd be, you know, someone new would be coming in every um, every one to two months right. um, in different departments in the business. So we're back on that um, sort of angle of growth, which is exciting. Um, and then just being really structured with our time and client care, making that a real, really, really high focus and um, servicing changeover sellers, you get really busy and you forget about servicing your existing sellers' purchase um, or investment. So really just being smarter with our time and money, um, not spray and pay, um, more really you know, drill down into um, clients that are already working with us and happy or um, are clients of the office and supporting new people in to get traction really quickly. Um, just had a new recruit who's come from 
um, working in Melbourne with Mercedes-Benz going to like a sales cadetship and in 12 weeks she's been able to have 18 listing opportunities generated with those strategies. Yeah, just all those simple ones. So really awesome and really good support. Like everyone's, you know, batting for her and they want to see her come through and succeed. And I guess that's what I really love about Cronus. I learned that we hadn't had that experience before. We'd always gone, you know, PA, cadetship, learn the ropes, come through. And it was much longer time frame for people to, I guess, be their own star where now we can turn that around in one to three months um, with just really intensive training and support from existing agents and um, really good system. So, you know what? It's the classic thing, back to those essentials, having that focus on workflow and booking things to look forward to um, has been really important for yeah. me getting, I guess, on track yeah. and Interesting. back. Mm. Interesting. What about with your individual sales team members? Do you guys set targets? Do you have regular one-on-ones? Mm-hmm. Tell me how yes. that works. Would you mind sharing so, some of that? Yeah, of course. Happy to share anything. Um Anyone that's listening, I'm always available. Just send me a facey message or give me a call. I love sharing information. Um, It makes things happen faster and everyone improves, so it's good. And you get connections with people too, which is really cool. Yeah, Um, So we do weekly one-on-ones. Yeah, I seriously mean it. I'm I'm loving that. Actually, I'm really excited. Um, Anthony Webb from Philip Webb in Melbourne um, has invited me to speak to his team at their sales conference um, on February 6th and 7th, oh, awesome. I think the dates are. Awesome. So I'm really excited to head yeah. down there and um, mingle with some awesome Melbourneites in some really cool markets. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, weekly one-on-one. So we do that on a Thursday, um, which is awesome. So it's like a catch-up around, you know, what's working, what's not, um, how's your generating looking, what's in your pipeline, so what's coming through. Your pipeline management is the key to having really good consistent quarters. Um, and sometimes you can get off track really easily. So you've got to you know, push yourself back in to get aligned. And I think those weekly catch-ups are important. And then we meet as a team on a Tuesday and a Thursday. Um, So the Tuesday is kind of like, um, you know, some learning, um, quick wins, you know, what we're going over for the week, um, new stock, all that sort of stuff. And then Thursday um, we meet for a team lunch and we change up. We've just recently started changing up the locations. So we talk about where we're sitting in the market to our competitors. So we've just got knowledge on list-to-sell ratios, um, percentages sort of thing so Ty does all of that um, which is great we just turn up and get I guess chunky good pieces of information new technology things that might help us in our process and our business um, and just a general bit of a socialization too that you know everyone reconnects back in because we don't treat it like a daycare you know everyone can work from anywhere we've got a really big office but it's not you know dictatorship it's very much um entrepreneurship so businesses within the business we're there to be like a hotel I think Dane Atherton says it well um, from Harcourt's Coastal you know agents want to plug in and be able to get what they need and then go where they want to go so yeah I really align with that analogy okay what about what about targets do you collectively one-on-one set targets of listings and sales or appraisals or how does that work Yes, yeah. So the office has targets as a whole. So obviously that's culminated from each individual's performance, what they are capable of, what their stretch is, where they're comfortable. So it's averaged out based on that and they've they've obviously got to be comfortable with that as well. Um, so they make that and then we culminate those numbers and, and create a total. So that's what um, we work from, which is good. And sometimes it's more, sometimes it's a little bit under. We kind of align it and we track all our numbers. So every single month, just on the whiteboard, the sales board at the back of the office, it's got the total volume of sales in the month and the year and we have like the last 24 months so you can see the market transitions and performance and what's happening 
Okay. Um, and then beside it, we have core markets. So every agent has a core market, farm area, whatever you want to call it. Um, so then we have a red arrow and a green arrow. So are we up in our core market? Are we down? How much are the percentages? Which is like where this board is, is where you're in now the office. So it's like your traffic area. So it's going to be really long. Yeah. So like yep. when you walk through this door frame between the meeting room, so it's like, you know, show hub, meeting rooms, big open floor plan. Um, then this open area is another big massive table and a screen where we meet the whiteboards up there and then there's two like quiet chill out kind of rooms and then just a miscellaneous and then the kitchens and bathrooms up the back so when you walk through you see it and you're like oh okay it's just good awareness yeah um yeah yeah, which is and it's a pride thing too if you're doing if you're doing well it's something that everybody else can see and if you if you're having a tough month uh it's out there for everybody to see as well and and you You know you can reach out for some help you can. People are like, oh, hey, you know, how are you feeling about stuff? What do you reckon is causing that? And people, what I've learned, I haven't been in business that long, but it's six years. What I've learned, and 13 years in the industry, because I started like Saturday Girl, you know, collecting cash back in the day for rentals mm-hmm. and just like worked my butt off to get some kind of momentum and get a choice to sell and then to manage and then to own a business and then manage a business and then back on the tools. So it's been like the full circle. Um is that people always know what they need to do most times. Yeah. If they're new, they mightn't, but they nearly always know. So it's like, I guess it's like a bit of coaching permission, sometimes some tough love, um, more conversational than dictatorial um, and amplifying. So you're lifting people up. This is sheer gold just oozing out of me. I love, love your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I find that's really important. And sometimes people, shit just happens. Shit just happens in their life and you've just got to pick them up and support them and get back on deck. That sometimes happens too. What about what's a good what's a good month in listings and sales for you guys? Um, we work off because we have five selling teams um, at the moment. So five, some individual agents, some in teams. We need to get that to ten in the next um, two quarters. Well, six with Tegan now, so we're only four more, and we've got those five recruits coming in. So hopefully, we've got some traction there. Um, but at current with five agents, we work on um, a minimum of twenty-five listings, like our low side. Um, sometimes we're up as high as sort of 60 to 70 and selling between um, a low side um, 18 up to um, 24 Okay. okay. off the five. So fairly like, you know, everyone needs to be on that minimum four, five to 20. So, you know, they need to have four listings that they're clearing a month out. Yep, yep, yep. that's kind of your yeah, benchmark. Which, because they're, yeah, because their list to sale ratio is so high, some agents might need to list eight properties to sell four where these guys are such good converters of business <clears throat> that they can sometimes list less, um, but over a quarter that will buffer it out, it which averages is good. Out. So yeah. That will double. Like I look at the calendar from last and I see, you know, there was like 40 sales in a month, but we had um, nine agents and at the moment we've got five and a new graduate at six. So for us it's about recruitment because okay. some other people in the Cronus business have gone into their passion work. So our um, – Damon used to work with us. He's now full-time auctioneering for Cronus, so he doesn't okay. do any listing or selling. Um, Brian, he used to be um, listing and selling as well. He's gone on to projects in Sunnybank in Brisbane, which is about an hour and 20 minutes from us. Right. So that was his flame work. So we've been able to give people, I guess, opportunities to go into um, more specialist work, not just listing and selling or nice. BDO. Or, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Last time, in our last interview, uh, and I remember um, – forgetting about it because I didn't dig deep enough but 
Uh, and it's interesting because it's a question that's come up in the last couple of months from agents asking me about it. Um, and it's around meetings and structuring meetings and getting results from meetings. And, and when I say meetings to agents, often I can see them inwardly groaning and just having to sit there. How, how do you keep your... I couldn't imagine you guys having boring meetings or meetings for the sake of meetings. How do you, how do you keep it interesting and what, what do you do? How do you get results from your meeting when you get together? Well, I think it's keeping it fresh. Like we even felt um, sometimes it does get a bit stale. Like I guess because we're so we've got a really free-spirited team. Like everyone's very fun and fresh and just hates wasting time on stupid shit. Like you just want to get in and, you know, we've all got limited time, so you want to have high quality of life. If Mm -hmm. it's a meeting, if it's catching up with a friend, whatever, like you don't want to waste time on shit things. We're really psycho about that, actually. I think Cronus thinks like the Toowoomba people are a bit crazy. Like some of our other team members, like these guys are wild, which we are. So anyway, Um, so I would say that, it's like sharp and clean and has impact and um, we try and not fluff. Yep. I learned this thing called fluff busting. So everyone's a storyteller that's a salesperson. I'm the biggest storyteller, so I've got to really be careful. As long as the story's going on track and everyone's getting value, great. If not, we're going to turn that ship around and correct it. Yep. And I call like some of the elders in my business, they're only like 25 or 28 young, but they've been there more than two years. They'll like, you know, dip in and, oh, okay, cool. So how did you get, how did you get the outcome with that? So there's kind of like... It's a good culture that people understand, um, I guess, to, to get to the point but still make it fun. So the quick wins are fun. And it might be we just start the meeting with, you know, what's your quick win? Oh, I, you know, I went to a party on the weekend, got a bit out of hand, or, hey, I roast, raced my motorbike, or, hey, we went to a um, hiking somewhere, or great news, someone's had a baby, or it might be just, hey, I had a relaxing weekend. I feel super zen and pumped for this week. So everyone starts with like a quick win, which just creates energy and we like, it sounds lame, but we like give a clap afterwards. Some people get massive claps because their quick win's epic. So I'm just like, wow, that's nice. So yeah. 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 And then we'll go straight into some learning. Yeah. And we've got to control that. Like I have to be careful with my energy because I'm so, I just like, you can just see it how I am. It's yeah. like a book. You can just look at it and just buzz. It's right there. Yeah. So I really have to be, um, be careful of that. People can tell if I'm a bit bit sassy and they're like oh you're gonna get shit done today you got a bit of sass on so it's um it's yeah and ty's a real level person as our um office leader kind of go to everything guy um so he really stabilizes that environment and makes sure it kicks along um because i I guess i'm more out um listing and selling now and working on that focus where we're both in that role last year and really doesn't need two people so this year um it's more focused with ty and everyone does that but i think it's yeah you have to be really clear on what you want i was really in just alignment changeover still functioning but not really doing um, my normal activities i do in a week as an agent so i've actually just gone through resetting um my ideal week and all the sources of business like where do i get business from and then creating activities around them that i like doing and that actually are valuable not shit that wastes time that's just you know beating your head against the wall I've actually done a reset on my business rate, which is really awesome, just reassessing being a new year. Um, what are the ways you actually get business in real estate? I know it sounds basic, but what are they? So I've gone through a few things. If you're happy, I'll read them out. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Cool. So ways to get business in property um, is obviously open homes, expired listings or withdrawns, your pipeline, which is managing it, A, B, and C sellers, or 30, 60, 90 days. Um, flyers to your farm area or, you know, quality information might be direct mail. Um, door knocking property centric, which is where you have a listing, just listed or just sold. It might yeah. be just dropping a business card in, meeting the neighbour. Um, it can be whatever your style is. 
and whatever your team works, social media, your center of influence, which is like your, um, you know, top 10 referrers, top 10 people that you um, seek business from. They might necessarily do business with you, but they refer you people. So identifying who they are. And if you're new, you mightn't have 10. It's all the basics. You know, you might be a local mechanic or your hairdresser or your solicitor or one of your mates that's an advocate or someone that you help buy a property. So identify who they are and work out a nurture plan to look after them. Um, past client nurture. So don't let those people go to um, real estate orphanage. Make sure that you have a plan around looking after them, whether it's just a call or your regular people catching up for coffee or um, an annual, um, you know, letter, text, gift. I know you guys with your software um, crush that with Locked On, um, so it's looked after, sent and forget. So that's really important. Um, referral business, identifying where your listings are coming from and who's referring you. Warm calls, which is like old open for inspections, create a leads folder. So you know when you meet people at an open and you can't book the appraisal right there, yep. so you might like they're just not ready for it. Don't lose that lead. Make sure that you create that somewhere else. So for me, I'm like a bit old school. Sometimes I like to write stuff down. I'm techie, but I'm also old school. So I'll just put it down at my – for our open homes, we have like a bit of a different collection form. I'm sure everyone has their own, but I'll take that form then and slot it into my leads folder and put in there some details and some notes. So then later um, our team will enter them in and, you know, put in a trail for them. But it'll just be, oh, that's my go-to. If I've got some spare time, hey, I've met these people three weeks ago, a month ago, a year ago, I might just give them another call if they're not in pipeline yet. So I haven't been out to see them. Um, Basic but works. And when you're booking appraisals at the open home, if they won't book in, then have your administrator or your team um, just send out a sales history report um, and, you know, thank them for um for coming through hey right look here's some data i'd love to come out so it's just like a service option really affordable once they get that in the mail they're like whoa you know not many people do that nice um and the other thing is like just two hours of power a day i know that two hours can change your life because when i don't do it my pipeline's lower and i'm depressed and when i do do it i'm on cloud nine and i'm booking my next trip to vegas or wherever i want to go so nice. yeah that's kind of the, the bit of a recap for me around the reality of like, what the fuck am I actually doing for my job? Get back on track. How would you feel about sharing that list with uh, with our nearest and dearest who listen to uh, this podcast? Oh, shiz. Yeah, oh, okay. Actually, I hate typing shit up, so I'll get admin to do it. Or you can just uh, send me an email and I'll get um, some I'll email you, just send it back and I'll, I'll make <laughs> no, it No, I will type it up myself and not be lazy because then it's like, bam, I've got my little notebook in front of me, like the journal, bound journal, like old school. I've got it all written down. So, yeah, I'll shoot Just that take up. a photo with your phone and send it to me. Oh, there you go. Epic. Miss Thank Techie. You. Easy. <laughs> um, teaching me things. One final question. We'll move towards finishing up and, and thanks so much for your time. One final question. How would you advise somebody who's looking to open a real estate office? Because I'm getting this question a lot too at the moment. What a, yep. give us, give, just give us a few tips around that. Holy moly, I could give you um, a lot of tips because I've just been through um, basically all well, Recently, opening an office yep, and then going to two um, two positive universes. So there's like two heavens and sometimes like I was in my heaven utopia and then I went to a new heaven with Cronus and sometimes you have to go through a bit of hell to get back to heaven. So um, what do you want to know specifically? Because I can help with anything. <laughs> well, just, I don't know, just a couple of, if somebody if somebody said to you, Emmy, give me three, give me three tips. Uh, Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm looking to open an office. G- give me three things that, that you think are important uh, before, I, uh, before I dive in. Kick off. 
Yeah. Okay, well, the first thing is a plug. Don't even worry about it. Come and join us and we can create that for you in right. conjunction. Yep, okay. <laughs> um, the, the three things would be definitely have a plan. So yep. work out your out your outlays and what you think you can generate an income. Have a um, market presence area that you know you can get enough fat out of because obviously there's a certain amount of sales transactions where you're going to open. So you need to make sure that you've got a decent cut of that and that there's enough volume that being brand new, you might only want two to five percent. You want to grow it to 10, then 20, then 30. So make sure that's there um, and be really crystal clear on why you're doing it and what you expect to get out of it. You know, having a, a passion and excitement, that's good. I started with that, but be crystal clear on what your why is with it. Ours was to build um, talented people around us that we could have relationships with, so, you know, professional friendships and create wealth for them and in turn create wealth for us as well. So we had a real team focus um, and that was what motivated us and helped us grow quite big quite quickly. Yeah. So really be crystal clear on why are you actually doing this. You need to be crystal clear on that because it is going to be some hard work, but it's going to be epic rewarding. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome, okay. Mm. And there's, well, there's easier ways to do it and there's really hard ways and yeah. I've burnt a lot of money learning, so pretty good go-to for that. Not an expert, but I can definitely share. <laughs> well, you have, uh, you've, you've, made the, um, you've made the offer to, for somebody to reach out and connect and thank you and I'll, I'm going to put your contact info in the show notes. So Thanks, thank, thank you again for an awesome, uh, an awesome session. It's great. I always, I always come out high as a card after speaking with you because you're so inspirational and I, like I said, so many people follow you and follow your success. So congratulations. Thank you for sharing and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Heath Ray. Have an awesome night. Bye. Bye. The Top Agents Playbook Podcast is proudly sponsored by Locked On, real estate's best software. For show notes from this episode, free downloads, your Locked On Discount for Life link, and Ray's blog, head over to topagentsplaybook.com. <laughs>